to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Love that roar every week. Every week. You got to hear the roar of California waking up. That's right. And more and more are waking up. That's the that's the exciting thing that it's not just a cliche. I mean, it really more and more. In fact, you were telling me you were at the gun club the other day and you were talking with five people. Uh, I know we didn't yeah. talk about this, but it was really yeah. I was, I was just sharing with people that what's going on, and there were people there that just their mouths are dropped open. They're hearing me just give them a big dose of truth, red pill. And they were like, oh, wow, you're blowing my mind and people getting blown up. And then I just started talking about Jesus as being the answer and even asked this one guy if he was a Christian. And he just, well, I don't know if I believe in God anymore. So I'm just sharing the gospel with people, uh, everyday people you know, that I know. And I really believe the wickedness that we're seeing when you juxtapose with the evil we're seeing in the world with the truth of the gospel, people will choose Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. People are waking up. And, uh, you know, the other thing that was interesting that's happened the last couple of days is the weather. Uh, California, usually it doesn't rain for nine months. <laughs> it seems like, you know, it seems like by the time you're in May or something, you're not going to see anything until October. And so, uh, you know, we had a uh, hurricane, Hurricane Hillary uh, started going right up uh, Mexico and into California. And, you know, I don't know, deep states all like creating all the spheres. Oh, no. Up. 10 inches oh. and, and all that gonna stuff. Be, everybody's going to get wet, you know, this horrible thing. <laughs> yeah. All those poor I, people. It, well, it, it seems to have gotten downgraded from an apocalyptic disaster to a nothing burger. <laughs> well, isn't anything with, uh, you know, Hillary's threats always uh, downgraded, except for those that get uh, Arkansas, but, you know. Yeah, she says a lot of stuff and barks a lot, and uh, nothing ever comes of of some of those things. Well, yeah, Chris, you said Gavin Newsom. He was looking forward to making a, a little Southern California photo op, and I think that um, his opportunity to blame this hurricane on climate change kind of fizzled. Well, and yeah. that's kind of the the theme that we were seeing right now, and that's kind of the theme for tonight that the deep states fear campaign is ramping up. Um, but it is failing. People are not believing it. And it, they somehow they they didn't fail to sell it well enough. And people are, are people are waking up and uh, they're there. And there's there's enough things that don't make sense. Um, but I, I'll tell you what um, you said this, Chris, before. It's really the prayers of the saints, because if DARPA made that storm or, you know, it doesn't really matter. It, God is the one that shut it down and heard our prayers. And so it was it was really a dud. Um so praise God for that, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I do have a, take on it. Yeah, go for it. I do have a, a funny take on it. Um, this is we got to show this. This is great. Okay, watch this. This is a tropical update with your favorite meteorologist. I get the greatest ratings. Look at it. This is Tropical Storm Hillary. Take a look at her. It's the only time. You'll ever see Hillary not wearing a pantsuit. Hillary has the potential to be deadly. Just ask Jeffrey Epstein. Hillary has the potential to cause mass destruction, very destructive. Just look at what she did to the blackberries, all those horrible blackberries. 
Hillary has the potential to wipe out everything in her path, everything in her path, just like she did with the servers and all of those big, beautiful emails. Hillary has the potential to cause very heavy and severe winds, more winds than Eric Swalwell on national television. He let one go. His influence, you know what I'm talking about. And this never would have happened if I was your president. I stopped Hillary once and I would have been able to stop her again. We would have built a beautiful wall here on the southern border to stop Hillary and anybody else that we wouldn't want entering our country. Believe me. Oh, my gosh. That uh, is so just, hilarious. That is perfect. <laughs> Definitely perfect. Oh, wow. <laughs> Big, wow. beautiful wall to stop Hillary and anybody else entering our country. Uh, good, good, There's good nobody stuff. who does him better. You know, there is just so much um, creativity when you're, you know, not paying for it all the time. You know, I mean, when the, when the people get involved, you get stuff that just comes out of nowhere and you're like, this is just amazing. I, you know, who would have thought that one, I, you know, just the Trump impersonation. And then of course the Hillary, you know, you know, a lot of people are thinking about Hillary uh, Clinton as the, the, what a, a hurricane Hillary, you know, but yeah, to put those two together, is just classic. And, and to tie it together, it's Swalwell. I just love it. So. Yeah. So well, tell us a little bit about this hurricane. I mean, I, I, I had actually um, had a friend post that people are saying that they're reporting that the, the, the rainwater smells like burnt candles or um, wow. chemicals. And uh, so it, it makes you wonder, okay, is this, was this planned, organized? The first hurricane we've had in California since 1968 was the big news. And it's all linked to this climate change narrative, but it's failing. It's petering out. Um, but I, you know, I wonder if the chemical smells are real or, you know, a friend Shannon on my, I posted on my Facebook page, her, her testimony and testimonies of others saying it smells weird. Yeah. And then you have, uh, the, her quake. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, a simultaneous yeah. earthquake down there that, and I, it freaked a lot of people up. I think it was Ventura County in Ojai and it was five point, four is what i saw mm. um so it it just it just felt like it was for the faint of heart it just freaked them all out <laughs> it just seems like a lot of attention you know I, I don't want to read too much into things but i do remember way back in what 2017 actually when we had the the hurricane uh maria hurricane joseph coming at the same time so it's yeah. mary and joseph and it was right at that time when that whole it only happens once every 7,000 years, you know, the, uh, the, the alignment of the stars where Jupiter was leaving, you know, it was a sign in the heavens. There's a verse. Oh, that was it. the, uh, revelation 13 sign, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, and, and there's many ways to interpret it, but there's one literal way and that happened to only happen once. And that was exactly when hurricane Mary and Joseph, both of those hurricanes were hitting at the same time. And there's so much going on. I just wonder if there's something, and I don't know, uh, you know, time will tell, but if there was something in the spirit where things are happening, you know, and it, they manifest themselves, an earthquake on the same day as a ultra, ultra rare occurrence of a hurricane or tropical storm from a hurricane just right at our southern border. It just really was interesting. Well, it'd be interesting to know if it was uh, 10 meters or 10 kilometers down. 
because that's mm. the distance where they blow up the, the deep underground military bases. So when you, you look at where the earthquakes are, check the depth, because that's not a seismic activity, normal depth for a, uh, an earthquake. And I didn't get a chance to check on that. But, mm. you know, energy, energy weapons can cause earthquakes, too. And we've heard a little rumor about disasters and energy weapons. A lot of people believe that that was the cause of the Turkey um, yeah. earthquake last year and uh, that uh, there was uh, seemed to be quite a bit of evidence of that. So it'll be interesting to see um, whether this is just rumor and everybody's on the energy weapon uh, bandwagon right now or if people are, are seeing some truth. Well, yeah. and the key, the key here is that it is not disputable that we have energy weapons. I mean, they have energy weapons on uh, one of two places that they actually have a station for the United States Navy energy weapon is on Maui, on one of the mountains in Maui. So the question is, is that was it used? And, and my hypothesis is that if it was used, it wasn't necessarily the our government, but maybe a rogue player within our government with a deep state version of our so like there's a part of our government that's gone rogue or maybe even that technology was stolen by china because we know that there was a use of energy weapons on some of our ambassadors in cuba they were getting very sick and then they found out that there was some sort of energy weapon being used against them so i think there's a lot of testing of various technologies going on and this might have been that but it might not have been it just might have been a very bad you know hurricane with a lot of with a bad fire no matter what, it was a horrible uh, failure, catastrophic failure of public safety. Um, and I think we said that last week, but um, but there's a lot yeah. more stuff coming out, right? There's a lot more stuff coming about Maui. What, what well, there's some things that should have come out by now, like the confirmed dead. You would think that uh, people would have the count in. Uh, and it, it's very, very odd because uh, you you would think you would put, hey, my my child's missing, my family member's missing, they were last seen here. And so that list has been very uh, reluctantly, there, there really hasn't been a list that's been uh, removed. What we do know as of today, that there are at least 1,300 that are unaccounted for. And here, this is a week ago, and 106 confirmed dead. There were 2,700 structures that were valued at over 5.6 billion b billion dollars and you know what i'm noticing is that government isn't the solution to maui's problems but it really does seem to be creating some blockades to things getting through relief efforts and as, as a retired firefighter we would um the fire agencies would run the incidences throughout the cleanup procedures and it looks like FEMA and uh, the government has um, taken the the local jurisdiction out of the equation. And so there's just a lot of questions. Uh, we talked about a lot of the, the abnormalities last week, but um, one of the things was that the water, it took five hours to get the water department to change over the water main so they could get uh, water uh, diverted from another area. And that, you know, that's standard operating procedure in a city management system. 
Wow. Yeah. Well, and there, yeah. there's also clarity that he, the person who was in charge of water was a diversity hire who was focused on ESG. And like you said, it was like five hours before they opened the water lines to actually stop the fire. So there's a lot. I mean, people say, oh, my gosh, don't become a conspiracy theorist around this stuff. But there are so many unanswered questions and such a horrible catastrophic failure of public safety that there's nothing else for us to do than fill in the gaps with what we think might have happened. So if they don't want us to to do that, then give us the actual numbers and quit hiding them. We're not a bunch of children. They can you can speak the truth to us. How many kids died? Like family. And there's reports of people going in and saying that they're finding the bodies of families all in a huddled together in a, in rooms, you know, and to completely burnt, you know, to the crisp. And it's like this this how they even had fire warnings days ahead, and the governor was like said, well. Um, we didn't, you know, they said they didn't, they didn't use the alarms. Then later there's now they're saying, well, some alarms were broken. Well, okay. Did you not use the alarms or did, were they broken? Which one was it? Cause before you said it wasn't used and the guy who quit his job because they, he didn't sound the alarm. You know, he said, I didn't sound the alarm. And so there's a lot of discrepancies here. I mean, one of the big ones right now is that they're not letting in any um, uh, additional journalists who are not mainstream media in there. And there are the, 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 the individual journalists, the journalists are in there. One of the guys I showed up, I saw a video of him. He was like being harassed while he was on Steve Bannon's war room. Some guy shows up behind him and starts harassing him saying, we know where you're at. And he got really spooked. So this is happening where they're not letting the normal people, the, the, the average American, you know, citizen journalists report on what's going on. They're cut because they got, they got something they're trying to cover up. Yeah. Yeah, I also uh, saw a video on basically to exit out of Lahaina while the fire was going and the exits got blocked, you know, of the road. And, uh, you know, the officers, they, they would ask them, why, why aren't you letting people through? And they're saying, hey, I'm just following orders, just following orders. You know, so they shut down the, the, the roads to get out of there. And there were quite a few cars, you know, back to back in line on that road, burnt to a crisp. So... I don't, uh, you know, that's another question that needs to be answered and addressed for sure. Yeah, and some of you, some of us have seen the videos of the people getting out of their cars and jumping into the ocean. I actually heard today, um, my wife, one of our friends who's a pastor, um, uh, he is, his, his son lived there and they were part of YWAM and his, he and one of his, his kids were part of the, one of the families that jumped out of the car into the ocean and they had a blanket but they just got wet and put over themselves and just, and they huddled there and they had finally had to come back in cause they're getting exhausted. And you know, the mother was holding the babies under her shirt and the adult adults were like, the 12 year old was like, mom, you take care. I'll cover up. And, and they were huddling together in the water and then getting exhausted and coming back to the water line. Like where was the response? Well, I mean, I, I was an ocean lifeguard. We had three boats that, that covered the, the, you know, and boats would come in. They would call the boats, and they should have been calling emergency boats in and bringing people out of the water. But nothing—they're doing nothing. I mean, there's there's no response at all, and this is very fishy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, well then the other part part we Chris you mentioned earlier, like all these kids that are been that are gone. You know, the the question I have is, you know, they've shut down um, a lot of human trafficking, and you had the, you brought this up where do the kids go? May, you know, who may, I'm wondering to someone come in and say, Hey, come on, we'll take you out. And there was, 
abductions going on in the middle because we know, you know, t- talking to um, Operation Underground Railroad, Tim Ballard, whenever there's tragedy, that's when the harvesters come in yeah. and they, they, they call it harvest time. The human traffickers come in and they're able, because of the chaos, they're able to get come on underneath and, and, and steal kids. So, you know, maybe some of them aren't burned up. Maybe some of them were abducted. So, I mean, obviously that's horrible to think about, but that is the statistics and those who study human trafficking as a, as they're to, to stop it, say that's what goes on in stuff like this. Well, you know, that, that Island is not uh, new to, to human trafficking. I mean, it started very early on, even when settlers came down, you know, and so they would take the young Polynesians and stuff like that. So it's definitely not something new. Yeah. It's been a hub, hasn't it? For, for ages. And, and then there's the idea with the energized uh, weaponry of, if there was um, a, a do um, an energized weapon that uh, there was belief that, the nanotechnology in the vaccination actually has a reactivity to the uh, the electrical climate from a um, the the laser focused from the the weaponry. So there are just a lot of things that feel nefarious, and like you said, we don't want to be um, unduly conspiratorial. But we also want to ask the right questions. We want to keep a conversation going. And definitely something like how many have died because of this event, that is a legitimate question. And the mayor of Lahana was infuriated with uh, that question that the reporters asked as though it was um, causing trouble. And he said, you know, I can shut this thing right down right now and he's referring to the interview if you're going to be like that and and there was no um animosity with the question it was like the question in everybody's mind was you know where are the people and how many did we lose and so we just want to say to our listeners stay strong with maui and the people of maui we're not going to just let this thing go we're not going to let lahana become Um, another a 15 minute city we're not going to let things shift where the the uh, old time property owners and the families that have been there for years don't get to go back to rebuild Mm -hmm. and so we want to be part of the solution and part of advocating that they need to be able to rebuild I agree. And, you know, this, this gun, no land grabbing is basically we're saying for our brothers and sisters that have lived in that land, they're all their lives and their parents and their parents, parents. Um, we need to, we need to make sure that that doesn't happen. You know, it's interesting. And this is, I just learned this on Sunday morning. Um, a, a realtor in that area who owns property in that area, he said, he praise God, his house was not destroyed, but he said that it's little known fact that the mayor changed the laws of building two weeks before this uh event and he he put he ushered in a new law that said if there is an emergency housing crisis they can supersede all of the existing laws and about restricting what you can build and what you can't build in the 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 historic lahaina area so he's like and i and he says i i know this because i try to sell houses there and, and they won't let us do certain upgrades to houses because of these laws and it's been like that for years and they're still there but Two weeks before the fire, the mayor of, La, of, of Lahaina, of Maui, he actually changed the law, instituted a emergency 
housing crisis law that that supersedes all those, those laws. That just smells fishy to me. Yeah, well, more investigation. We'll see. Absolutely. What other news items do we have during the week? I know that uh, just as of this afternoon, I, I saw the praying medic posted. Let me add that right there. Was, uh, remember, remember Andy knew. Yeah, Andy knew he got attacked, right? Yeah, he got attacked. He was in Portland, and he was. The, I I want to say he worked for Rolling Stone. I can't remember actually, but he was a reporter. And they just kept beating him up, hitting him. He was the one that they put milkshakes on him. And then I think someone threw a brick at him. He got pretty messed up. But uh, anyway, George awarded him $300,000 over um, against Antifa. And there's three specific people with Antifa that that were ordered to each give $100,000. So uh, we'll see what happens. You know, I know that uh, 79% of... Uh, lawsuits don't get collected, um, but he might be super motivated to, especially since it's a high, a uh, well, it's an organization for one, so it's not a single person. So we'll see what happens, but uh, very interesting. Uh, another another thing was uh, truthed out today was Donald Trump. He said, "Can you believe it?" It's he says, "I'll be going to Atlanta, Georgia, on Thursday to be arrested by a radical left district attorney." Fannie Willis, who's overseeing one of the greatest murder and violent crime disasters in American history. In my case, the trip to Atlanta is not for murder, but for the perfect phone call. Make she it can perfect, make, yeah. yeah, the perfect phone call she's he's referring to is that that one that was made to um, Ukraine. Uh, do you remember Brisma, the energy company, and it was all shady and all that stuff. It was being investigated. And uh, Donald Trump was was calling and asking, hey, are you going to look into this? This seems a little bit fishy. And uh, he just asked him. He didn't say I'm withholding money or, you know, like uh, Joe did. And um, because he had asked that, um, they want to, you know, they want to have him arrested, put behind bars. Isn't that crazy? Well, he already was up for that. The the one impeachment on that perfect phone call, I believe that. Um, wasn't that the basis for the first impeachment indictment that came against him? He he had two impeachments and that first one was because of that. Uh, and also the, um, the Intel officers that, uh, that testified, uh, against him. So it just feels like this is a, a time of shaking in our, our government. I mean, what does it mean for us? If you get a chance, listen to, um, uh, to Levin, Mark Levin. He did a great, uh, uh, it was on his, uh, his, his Truth Social. It's actually on President Trump's Truth Social. He did a great a bit on what is going on with the indictment and really the travesty. And Fannie Willis, uh, she basically is corrupting justice. And what's interesting is um, Trump is going to have to show up for the the trial in the indictment on yeah. March 5th. And March 5th is the day um, before Super Tuesday. So as a candidate, Donald Trump will be on 
on the day before, he won't be able to campaign in any of the Super Tuesday states. And there are about 10 of them. And he will, by Willis's order, he's going to have to go into the courtroom and be in front of this corrupt DA and uh, be really subject to her wildly corrupt trial. And it'll be like a show because, uh, you know, her father was um, a party member in the Black Panther. He was a, a um, high-level uh, Black Panther um, instigator. And wow. so she has some family uh, background of extreme interfering with justice. Wow. So uh, just know that uh, have President Trump in your prayers. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that uh, bothered me was Newt, Newt Gingrich. He was defending uh, Trump. And, and, you know, I'm not a fan of Newt. Uh, he was, but he was defending uh, Trump and said that the DA Fannie Willis was reportedly uh, had received a phone call over the weekend, last weekend, when um, the indictment came through. And he said, according to his source, and I don't like to have all these unverified sources, but Gindrich said that um, an undisclosed Washington, D.C. official in a position of power, and he was inferring either the DOJ or the White House, said you need to rush the indictment of Trump uh, and his 18, the 18 that are also part of, um, that are being indicted with him uh, because of, uh, it had something to do with the appointment of uh, David Weiss with wow. uh, Merrick Garland as a special counsel in investigating the allegations around Hunter Biden. So there's all this look here, don't look there. And it, yep. it just feels kind of shady. Well, and I think I think um, we might be the, the phone call that is actually it's not actually the phone call that he was in, that he was um, the phone call he's getting indicted for is when they he they said he called and asked the secretary to to find a way to overturn the election attempts to influence the election. So it's Fulton County District Attorney announced she was looking into possible legal attempts to influence the results in what has become America's premier political, and it goes on. But just it was a 2001, 2021 phone call to to suggest Georgia's Secretary of State should overturn his election loss. So that's I think that's the phone call actually that it's referring. Oh, to. Oh, thank you for that correction. You know, when he said a perfect phone call, I remember him yeah. so many times talking about the perfect phone call. So that is my mistake, and I apologize. I should have looked yeah. into. The details. Yeah, of not it. a, a fresh. Well, it's just it's easy to get mi mistake, have a mistake because it's they're constantly indicting him over phone calls, trying to impeach him over phone calls. When we know President v Vice President Biden was sending emails with an alias to to conduct his his son's um, unlawful business practices and unethical business practice. So. If, you know, they're, they're constantly trying attacking one little thing that they say is could be potentially be a crime, which is not a crime for something that is really um, unethical, immoral that that Biden's been doing. Right. Right. Yeah. And he was calling because he said, um, find me those 12,000 votes because he knew that there were votes that had not yet been counted yeah. in Georgia. Uh, and so they hadn't been counted yet. And um, 
Biden had already been determined the winner in that state. And so when he called up, it was like, where are those those votes that haven't been counted yet? You need to find those so we can count them. Yes. Uh, so we can reverse this thing. And, and that so is what's wrong with absolutely that? In his, his uh, jurisdiction and his prerogative to say. Yeah. yeah. What's, there's not one thing wrong with that. Nope. It's all the context that they create. You know, yeah. I, I just wanted to take a step out. You know, I've been thinking about all the things that uh, President Trump has gone through, you know, all the attacks and stuff. And he just keeps coming back. He's a fighter. Uh, and I really do believe that God uh, picked him for a reason. And, you know, I, it reminds me of the story on Samson, where I'm just going to pull that up that we're talking about it a little earlier today. But says Samson, you know what, let me move ourselves over. There we go. I can see the little thing go. now. Uh, chapter 13, verse 14, uh, or 14, I'm sorry, chapter 14. It says, Samson went down to Timrah and saw there a young Philistine woman. Uh, when he returned, he said to his father and mother, I've seen a Philistine woman in uh, Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives, among uh, all of our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, get her for me. She's right for me. His parents did not know that this was from the Lord who was seeking an occasion to co confront the Philistines at the time that they were ruling over Israel. And wow. what's really interesting about that was, yeah, there were laws, uh, you know, laws of Moses that you should marry within your group, you know, and, and not the, the heathen outside and, and all that. And yet this particular time God chose because he was looking for an occasion to confront the Philistines. And I believe that God is looking for an occasion to confront the deep state, the wickedness that they have done. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to pick a fight with you and I'm going to use a fighter, somebody who is strong. And I believe that Samson was a strong man that tore things down. He wasn't a perfect guy. I mean, he, you know, he, he did quite a few things, but you know, who else would have done it back then? Right. But yet, and the same thing goes for today. You know, the church is so, Oh, I don't like the mean tweets. That's not very Christ-like and stuff. You know what? You need a fighter. He grew up, doing building queens and down i you know i was reading the um, art of the deal so impressed with all the hoops that he had to jump through just to work with different groups he worked with good groups bad groups he had to work with everybody to build new york to what it was and so he was a fighter he was always in the courts always in the courts but he always was doing good things and and the right thing uh you know from his book of course he's going to say that but that you know he he's no stranger to that and he's no stranger. And even now he is not shaking in his boots. He knows what he has and he knows that he is, is going to come out victorious. And so I think God has picked the right person for the right uh, job. And so if you don't like his tweets, I'm sorry, but you know what? He needs somebody that's not a little wussy, you know, holier. I don't know. Just one of those type, you know, ivory yeah. hand faster. He needs, well, he's, he's, he's a fighter. Like you said, he's a fighter and you know, one of the things we used to teach in our school, you know, a ministry school was that if you wait to be perfect, to be used by God, you'll be perfectly useless to God because none of us are perfect. <laughs> All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us has sinned and failed. All of us, there's not one of us that's righteous. The Bible says. And so 
but God chooses to use the weak things of the world to con- to confront you know, to to show the wise that to you know, to confound the wise. God uses th- those who you know aren't perfect. I mean, King David, he was there was great things about him, but he was also even King David, you know, committed adultery and had somebody killed. So there's it's not like we're um, saying that we're OK with anything evil, evil that Trump might have done. It's just we're saying that he's the right fighter for this role right now. And um, and in, in there's, he's not perfect. No, he's like a Cyrus. Um, he's like a Je- Jehu, but he's, he's we're not picking a pastor. We're not picking, a, you know, a, a church That's leader. Right. We're picking someone to lead the nation and fight back against the That's deep state. Right. And, it, and if you believe, like I do, that he is like a Jehu, Jehu's number one job was to destroy the house of Ahab and Jezebel. And I believe that's what Trump's job is, is to destroy the works of the deep state and the Clintons, the Obamas, those of who have aligned themselves with evil. And, you know, and hey, can I be wrong? Sure. But my 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 belief about this is that's what's going on here. Yeah. And the truth is that that Trump, he does support biblical values and biblical policies. Um, He may not personally have the highest level of piety, but you said it very well. I think that the conservative Christians who are voting in the blocks, and you could see it in the polls right now, they're smart enough to know the difference between choosing the pastor and choosing the president. And so I, I think you have to also look at his fight uh, over and over again. He says, I'm doing this for the children. And I believe it's because he knows that children are the commodity that is how they market. It's how what they they sell and trade on the on the um, black market of the deep state and the Luciferian. And there is a Luciferian cabal system that is part of the George Soros One World Order type of um, movement that we see in Davos, we see in the Bilderbergs. Um, that is a planned um, alternative government and they they uh, trade with children and so that is one of the the reasons we're probably going to see some more natural disasters and false flags uh, that are unusual is to resupply the children because trump has shut down a lot of the the pipeline of children in the deep underground uh, military bases in the tunnels in the places where they were being trafficked so uh, be praying for Trump because mm-hmm. um, this is a spiritual battle, too. So there's a lot of witchcraft coming at him. There's a lot of um, uh, he's not just coming against people who are humans. There are demonic forces that are coming against him. And so we want to just support him with our prayers. Yep, yeah. I agree. And, and I think one of the things we need also need to talk about, you know, that we're seeing over and over again, and we'll talk a little more about this, but. The, the the demonic forces, like you, I was mentioning, Ahab and Jezebel, were the Ahab and Jezebel were some of the most wicked kings and queens of Israel, and they were so bad that there. In one instance, uh, Jezebel, uh, Ahab wanted Ahab, the husband, wanted a, a garden, and he couldn't get it because he wanted to buy it from someone. The guy wouldn't sell it, so Jezebel went ahead and rounded up unclean people to attack him and to make up lies so that she, she could get the, the people who owned the Naboth who owned the, the garden stoned. 
And um, basically, she was successful. She actually rounded up worthless men to lie against innocent Naboth. And they ended up, people ended up basically using lies and slander and then paying them, you know, these unclean people, these worthless men, the scripture says, who will lie, who have no ethical standards and, and get the guy killed so that she could take the land. Isn't that what's going on in Maui? Isn't that what's going on with J6? Isn't that what's going on with these indictments of Trump? Trump is facing the same forces of darkness that, that, you know, that was ran, ran into by this. And so I was just pointing out, this is first Kings 21, that, that story. Uh, yeah. So the, and and the one. it's going on against people of, uh, of God, people of faith. I mean, here's uh, this one, you know, this, mm. this is a happy yes. ending finally after a year. Torben, so, Torben Sondergaard. Torben was, a person in Denmark who uh, just really started teaching the Bible straight as the Bible. You know, this is the way the church should be, just like the book of Acts. And very uh, simple, probably the most purest gospel I've heard or one of them, you know. And he would just uh, teach people, but he wouldn't teach to be the, the leader or the teacher. He was teaching people to do things like praying for people to be healed. And so people that have never prayed for people to be healed, all of a sudden they're praying and they're seeing people get healed. Like in one day, you know, the, the, they're learning this and that's what he would do. And he was starting to travel all over the world. And uh, unfortunately, Denmark did not like him. People got uh, offended. And so they had it out for him. They said it was illegal to do exorcism. So they were going to put him in jail because he was casting out demons. I mean, he would just go up and start praying for someone and they'd be doing the worm on the floor, you know, and all of a sudden they'd be, you know, delivered and, and that they did not like that at all. So they made it illegal. So he had to leave that country. So he came to the U S and was seeking asylum and, you know, it's really bad what we did, because what happened was, is they canceled his his visa on him and didn't notify him. And within a week of doing that, they arrested him. And at first they said, oh, you're running guns, you know, gun smuggling. And he's like, what? And then those those were found out to be completely false. And, you know, and they let that go. But he stayed in solitary for a full year solitary oh little cell by himself and they'd let him out for like a couple hours and uh and this guy you know he's not a big build or anything like that and you know they put him in it was in a florida prison with a lot of like murders rapers just really you know he, at one point he says i'm the only white guy and i don't you know i barely i'm not very good at the language and you know didn't know spanish and and, and some things like that he was really scared um you yeah. know he, he said and um, and then what had happened was is um, we had a representative out of what was it, Louisiana, uh, Clay Higgins. Yeah. Clay Higgins decides to uh, address this in uh, Congress just this week, and he yeah. he had it put in the record that this guy was falsely uh, accused, and he's being uh, well, he's a perfect example of persecution. He's saying, you know, this government and this this administration is hostile. And they uh, they persecuted this him. guy. They, they target him because he was a Christian evangelical pastor, evangelical yeah. minister. And they put that letter in, and the day after, they finally released him after a year and a half of being Praise in jail. God, he's free. Wow. Yeah. And this is where he sees his wife for the first time. So he was flown back to Denmark, 
and then they finished the paperwork there. He couldn't stay to Denmark because, you know, he, he left because, uh, they you know, and Asylum. so he was free to lead. And then he left and met his family. So he hadn't seen his family. He hadn't even seen his family in over a year, like a year well, and a he's half. Had, he's had grandkids while he was in jail and he'd never met them and didn't. Yeah. You know, and they didn't they didn't want to tell him that he was going to miss out. They, they kind of held it from him because it was like it was already so hard for him to be there. The good news about what his time in the in the jails is he led almost every person to Christ that he was in the jails with. And he was leading Bible studies in the short amount of times that he had out. And then the only thing he had was a Bible. And he did. And he said one of the good things is he learned how to preach from the English Bible because he, he his English wasn't very good. And so. He read the entire Bible multiple times in, in English language and he can preach from it. He's got sermons coming out of it. I mean, imagine what the sermons got, this guy's going to be preaching when, when he's done. Oh, yeah. Modern and, day know, Paul. We, ourselves, uh, we'd seen, I mean, the first time I saw him, I, um, I drove down by myself one night to, um, what was it, Santa Monica. And uh, I, I just, there was an address at someone's house and I just drove. I just went down there and I was at this house and they weren't there yet. And so I just sat in the backyard with this guy. And then all of a sudden this big crowd of people came and, you know, and he came and, and he did what they call a kickstart. And he said, okay, uh, he just started talking for an hour. He says, okay, we're going to go down now and we're going to put this to work uh, at Santa Monica, uh, you know, where the wharf is and all the rides and stuff. And so we just all went and he, you know, I started to talk to him. He's like, Hey, no offense, but, I've got to have every one of us pray for somebody. And so I got to, I got to stay focused here. And so he would grab, and then when it was my turn, he just grabbed me by the arm and says, okay, you're going to pray for the next person. Let's go. And he, we just walked down the walkway and all these wow. people. And he said, Hey, uh, and he would start the conversation like, Hey, uh, I noticed you're limping or, you know, something like that. And he'd say, Hey, do you have any pain? And, and then, you know, my, my buddy's going to pray for you. And he would uh, me, you know, and he would put us all into that. So it wasn't about him doing it. It was about him training. And that's what pastors should be doing, in my opinion, is they should be equipping the saints to do the work of the gospel. And part of the gospel is sharing with power. And so it was really neat to see that. So he had 40 people, and we only had about an hour, hour and a half. So he was wow. just like a pinball, boom, boom, boom. You, okay, you started your praying, and he'd be walking off, and he'd grab the next person in the group and say, okay, you're next. Let's go. Let's find somebody. You know, I'll look at that person sitting over there, you know, the, you know, someone's got crutches or something. And it was just such a neat uh, experience because it's like, wow, he did that in an hour and a half. He prayed for 45 or 40 people with, you know, our, us or about 40 of us or 30 of us. I can't remember the numbers, but, you know, it's like, wow, what are we doing with all of our lives? I mean, Come here, on. this guy's just bing, 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 just going down. And, and so that was the first time I saw him. And then I saw him with, uh, with you, Brandon, we went to uh, Sacramento uh, with Kate yep. Cornell you know, and, and that was really neat. And it's just seeing people, you know, uh, be, even believers, believers that still had some problems in their life and stuff. He just started praying and they'd manifest things. And, and, you know, it was really, um, pretty powerful, you know, and then I saw him in Hong Kong. I was on a business travel. I knew he was going to be there that weekend. So I'm like, I'm staying an extra day. Yeah. So I got to walk the streets of Hong Kong, uh, not with him, but with some staff members. He was, you know, with other groups. We had a breakup. So it was a really neat experience. But uh, I felt so bad when that happened to him. You know, it's just yeah. like, why well, would why would they do that? Well, and here in Acts, and I say I say this a lot about Torben. He's like a modern day Apostle Paul. You know, he's like, he's all about the great reformation, the final reformation before the coming of the Lord. And in, in Acts, um, when Paul was in Thessalonica, 
it says that there were Jews there that were jealous. So, so the same force, right? People in Denmark were jealous of him or they hated him because of what he was doing. They rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace. Well, that actually has happened to Torben. They, they, they made up some lies. They rounded up people to, um, to, to make a, a film about him and to, to get him kicked out of the city. And in this situation with Paul, they formed a mob. They started a riot and they rushed into a house and to search for Paul and Silas in order to bring them out into the crowd. So th this is the type of forces that, that Paul ran into all the time. And these are the types of forces. When you, I mean, think about it. Why would they target him? He's casting out demons like he, yeah. they, they're he is he is stopping. He's preaching the gospel. He's empowering the church. Well, Satan cannot have that. And if he's taken over the world, he can, the global powers do not want people free and set free and free of fear and free of free of control. So he's they target him. Yeah, I don't know. You know, you asked the question, uh, Ron, why would they do that to him? And I don't know if you remember when Sydney Powell uh, was on a news show and she was talking about election fraud. You know, she's the election fraud attorney and she was talking about it in Georgia and it was in 2020. And she was saying um, she, she said and it, it struck me because what she said was what we're dealing with here. And she was talking about election fraud, but there was a, a car bombing. Um, of some a son, son who was going of an official who was going to check into the election fraud and that um, it wasn't a bombing it was an accident but it was obviously accident. not just an accident because the entire car went up in flames and the the person who was going to look into the election fraud uh, his son died and so suddenly, you know, that that investigation was over. And yeah. what she said is, and this is true, what we're dealing with here is pervasive and it's very, very dark. It's organized, it's well-funded, and it's pure evil. Mm -hmm. And they are willing to kill people. And this, our government right now is, although our nation is one of the most powerful countries on the face of the earth, although we're losing that status very quickly, it is compromised and it is corrupt to the core. And so it, a lot of the, the people in elected positions have been installed. They're part of the Luciferian cabal system. And when people go suddenly dead and then investigations are stopped and people are intimidated out of testifying, and their rituals and mob killings and fake suicides and car bombs and other activities like jailing innocent people. We're talking um, about a system that is uh, controlling global leaders and our American government business, our healthcare system. Uh, by the way, a little COVID news um, we, we want to talk about too. But basically, you know, the church, the media, Hollywood, every faction of our nation has been compromised and corrupt to the core. And what is coming for the cleaning house? I, I hear God saying in the spirit, enough is enough. And so we need to keep praying, keep um, supporting people like our president and like the Corbins of this world. We can't let them be forgotten like the Jake Lane lanes who are still j6 in jail in dc yeah. uh, and haven't had their time in court we cannot forget these people 
Yes. Well, you're on a roll there, Chris. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Well, and we, and we can't forget what they did to us, what they did. They, they, they created an or coordinated effort through agenda 21, agenda 2030, the lo operation lockstep to lock down the entire world for a, a planned scandemic. And they're going to try it again. And listen, we cannot give into it again. We cannot give in to putting on masks again. What were you saying, Chris, that TSA is going to start having people wear masks again on planes? They're going to start trying to reinstitute uh, based on a new uh, uh, variant, right? Is that right? Well, Alex Jones um, said that he had an unverified source that confirmed a new so-called COVID variant that was coming from Canada. And then General Flynn, he uh, retruthed it. And so uh, what what... Alex Jones said is that people at the Homeland Security were saying, uh, get ready because in October there's going to be a new variant and you'll have to wear masks again and we're going to be doing the mask thing in the airports. So it just is a little suspect. You know, this is the greatest fraud and attack on humanity in the history of the world, COVID schmovid. If we don't get it, we have got to stand up and say, I'm not putting on that thing. I am not putting on a muzzle. I am not stopping talking. I am not, I mean, these masks, what this new variant is called, um, uh, Avis. It's, uh, it's, 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 uh, Eris, that's right. I'm sorry. It's Eris, E-R-I-S. And Eris is a Greek goddess of, stri of strife and discord. So I think they're making fun of us. The new variant mm -hmm. called Eris, yeah. the, the Greek goddess of strike, strife and discord. I mean, it just is infuriating. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for those that say, oh, Alex Jones, you can't, you know, you know what? He has been right. He's on been right. Uh, like 95% of the things Alex Jones has said have been right. Yeah. So don't, you know, I mean, if I, if I put, if I put him up against what I have with, uh, you know, CNN, MSNBC, especially these last several years, I would have to say he's right way more than they are, you know? Yep. Um, so, true. so just because, and what he posted has gone viral in the last, what, two days. So it's pretty fresh. But, uh, you know, and people are following up with it. And it's sounding like this is the case, that they're going to do another push. Yeah, another push for another masking. And this is – and Rob Snyder, I love Rob Snyder, comedian, he, he jumped on and said – posted this. These are the things that are, are – that can go through a mask. So starting with human hair that's uh, 17 by – up to 181 UM can still – fit through a mask and these are the other things that are smaller than that that also fit through the mask and then and the the um is micrometers or also yeah. called microns so let's watch this these are the things that are small targareta amoeba protus paramecium diatoms these are at 200 microns human ovum 120 microns Neur neuron soma Skin cell, human sperm, 50, 30, 25, pollen, 25, yeast, 10. These all can go through a mask. Red blood cell, eight, can go through a mask. E. coli or, or Echicara uh, coli, lactobacillus, Staphylococcus, and then smallpox, rabies, even smaller, 0.12. And 0.1 is the COVID. 
the COVID virus. So you're wearing a mask. All those other things fit through the mask, including this one, because it's even smaller. And then, of course, you have the polo virus and the rhinovirus. That is ridiculous. And they're going to make us wear masks for another variation of this SARS-CoV-2, which is 0.1 microns. They're going to yeah. try. I think they're people are try. I am not going to comply. Uh, uh, I'm not either. Store, you know, wherever I am, I'm prepared. And you know what? You need to actually play it in your mind yeah. in advance. This is what's going to happen. Someone's going to come up and say, would you please put that mask on? You need to have your response ready. You don't have to be, you know, they're, they're just following their orders or working, whatever, you know, a clerk at the store. You can be polite and just say, no, I am not going to go with that game. You know, this is ridiculous, but still be polite. But, uh, you know, make your stand. We need to. So you need it however you want to do it. You may want to explode or you may want to be very polite. Uh, however you do it, but have it rehearsed in your mind. So you do exactly what you wanted to do. And not, I can't believe I did that, you know, because you don't want to discredit or underscore that movement. I would prefer things personally uh, to be more civil and kind, uh, especially being a, a representative of Christ. I, I would treat everybody, um, you know, with respect. And so they're just following. They just don't want to lose their jobs. You know, some people are fearful and some people would like to make that stand, but just don't have it in them right now. They don't have the moxie for it. Well, maybe you can be that inspiration just saying, hey, you know, I'm not going to do it. So definitely work it out in your head before this comes and be prepared. Yeah, there's a quote that I like. Uh, I really this became very important during the first lockdown that they tried. It says, of all tyrannies, a tyranny that is sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under an omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His uh, cupidity may at some point be satiated. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. Yeah, yeah. that's a good, that is powerful. Yeah. And I just want to say, if you are a believer and you go to a church and they tell you that it's time to mask up or we're shutting down, I would suggest you go find another church because yes. what they are doing is perpetuating they're perpetuating the lie and they are moving you into a place of fear and control. And they are part of the narrative, whether they mean to or not. Um, I really think this, uh, this next one, they're going to be testing us. They want to know if we're going to say no or not. And if we just say, no, we're not doing that. You got to be kidding. We can shut down businesses that require that. And there are enough small businesses now, and we have, have should have made enough re uh, relationships where we can stand together and we can do what needs to be done to support our locals uh, in the, the community where, where they are selling things, whether it's food or whether whatever it is, uh, the farmer's market. But, but don't get, go, don't go backwards. Do not yeah. go backwards. Yeah, I agree. A couple really, we're getting close to the end of the hour, but I want a couple things I want to share. And then I want to have a, a video of, of a song I want to share at the end here. But I want to remind people that we are going to be um, showing uh, a Into the Light. Um, Wake the Bear is doing a video series, and we're actually going to be showing Into the Light 
um, at Convergence this coming Friday, August 25th from 6 to 9 p.m. So this is from the creators of Out of Shadows. This is Mike Smith. Um, he did the film um, Out of Shadows. He is uh, 30 years in Hollywood, and he was a, a stunt actor and then became a stunt controller and then a fight coordinator. And he moved all the way up to one of the top of, top of his class in that um, in that field. And he got injured on doing this minor stunt and he, someone, and he basically was paralyzed from his waist down. Somebody prayed for him. He had the massage therapist who was a Christian and he got healed and he started to believe. And he also, while he was uh, not, not, not working, started to research some things that didn't make sense to him about Hollywood that he was seeing. And he basically, he brought things out of shadows. And so this next one is going to be about into the light. He's going to talk about the corruption in Hollywood, the corruption in our government, how there's a coordination of that corruption, wickedness going on. So I want to encourage you guys to, if you're local here in Santa Cruz, come out to that at the convergence at 377 Capitola road that's coming next. And then I had a, a, a painting that I wanted to share that I did for Maui. Um, it was, a, it, was a, it was a prayer actually that I did for, um, the people of Maui and I'll show you this one and uh, it's a um, a picture of I call this I call this painting reinforcements so there's a prayer asking God to send in reinforcements to to Maui and to support them and to help them so this is a, a prayer that I have and God would help fight for people who are being um, uh wronged and for ch lost children, lost families, lost lives, struggling marriages, lost jobs, lost homes, that God would send in reinforcements. And I just painted that just the other night. And then the last cool. thing I wanted to talk about was the, um, well, I wanted to play it. Uh, for, you know, as soon as we're done, we'll play it. But yeah, we'll close with that one. I still had a couple things I wanted to chat with too. Yeah. Cover, keep covering right now. Yeah. Uh, you know what? There was a great, great interview that uh, I listened to. And I think it was last week. It was with Tucker with RFK Jr. Oh, and yes. uh, you know, it was just really eye opener. You know, I mean, it, and I'll just kind of quickly go through what I saw at it. But I would encourage you to do a search on that. The Tucker RFK Jr. Uh, interview. But, you know, he starts off with I mean, the conversation starts off with, you know, RFK Jr. does not have any secret service. Uh, he's running for president uh, on the Democrat side. And and again, it, it kind of goes with uh, what we were talking about earlier with Trump. You know, God has used somebody to reach certain types of people. And I think uh, RFK Jr. is one of those to reach people that would never listen to Trump. And so it's interesting that he has no secret service. He got denied uh, that support. Every All the other candidates seem to have it. Uh, even Zelensky has it. <laughs> of Ukraine has secret services uh, for him. But, uh, you know, he starts to talk about his experience and, and his connections. And he actually knows a lot more than vaccinations. I mean, just politically, he, he was going over the history of Ukraine, how we are marching towards a war and we're doing the most foolish things possible. And so he goes back to like 1992. He talks about Gorbachev and the wall going down. And, and Gorbachev had agreed to allow Germany to be reunified and, and so his own people hated him for it. They despised him. They called him a traitor to Russia for doing that. But in exchange for that, there would be a promise that NATO would not move one inch east. And Secretary James Baker promised Russia, yes, we will not move uh, NATO even an inch. And so, uh, you know, that was the compromise for that. Well, then, you know, uh, Russia releases 
the border states and lets them become independent states. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, we start pushing NATO. Oh, we want to go east. We want to go east. Um, and so I have this just this one little section. I just wanted to because it, it, it's talking about the history of what we are seeing now and why Russia is saying, hey, we cannot we cannot go forward with that. So uh, let me just go with that. The worst mistake America can make to move NATO to the east. So we went ahead and did it. We moved it not at one, not one inch, but 1,000 miles, 14 countries. And then we put nuclear-ready missile launchers, Aegis missile systems, which are made by Lockheed and can take Tomahawk missiles 12 minutes from Moscow. We could, in 12 minutes, decapitate the entire leadership of Russia. And we put those in Poland and Romania. And we then tried to move it into Ukraine, NATO into Ukraine. So you remember when my uncle, when, when Russia puts up, put missile systems, nuclear missile systems in Cuba, and my uncle would have had to invade, he was able, the reason Russia put them there then is because we had put nukes, Jupiter missiles, in Turkey and Italy. My uncle and father made a, um, a secret deal with Ambassador Del Brennan, where, we, where they said to him, look, we understand you're angry. You cannot live with Jupiter missiles in Turkey. That's why you put your missiles in Cuba. If you remove your missiles from Cuba within six months, we will remove ours from Turkey. But nobody says what the deal was. And that's what happened. So now we're back and we've again put you know, nuclear-ready nuclear missile systems are along right next to Russia. And now we want to go do the one thing that Russia has said, and Putin said again and again and again, this is a red line. Before Putin, the Russian leadership was saying, it is a red line, you cannot go into Ukraine. The Russians have been invaded three times from you. Our country's never been invaded. The Russians were invaded three times through Ukraine. The last time they were invaded, Hitler killed between 20 and 40 million Russians. Hitler killed one out of every seven Russians. In, in my uncle's speech, to um, uh, his most famous speech in, in American University in, in 1963, in July of 1963, he said to the American people, he said, you know, we're all taught we won World War II, but we didn't win World War II. The Russians won it. And the sacrifice they made to destroy Hitler was beyond anything Americans can imagine. He was trying to tell the American people, you have to put your, yourselves, ourselves in their position, understand what they're doing. And he said, uh, he said, a third of the country was leveled. Every city, the forest burned, the cities were leveled, the forests and fields burned. Imagine if that happened from the coast, the east coast of the United States, every city, forest and field, from here to Chicago. That's what the Russians put up. So we have to understand this, that Ukraine is a red line. The so Ukraine wow. is a red line. But I mean, the, think about the loss. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, one out of seven people in that country lost. You know, I mean, every, every town uh, leveled or every high rise leveled from, you know, the East Coast to Chicago. That's what it would equate. Wow. I mean, they made half the country. And, and it went through Ukraine. And so that was the one thing, you know, we weren't supposed to move even an inch and we move a thousand miles and we have all these uh, satellite states that have become NATO. 
And, and all of a sudden, you know, they said, this is the one thing we will not agree. Uh, we will not let you do. This is the line in the sand. And we want to cross that. And, and we, we started that coup in 2014. We paid for it. We funded a coup right. and overthrew their first democratically elected president. And we replaced and, and uh, Victoria Nolan, she was part of choosing the cabinet that would be replacing. And so we put in after that coup d'etat, we put in who we wanted in power. And then instantly, what, going towards NATO, the one thing the Russians are asking us not to do. And it's, so it seems like we are marching down to, uh, to a war. So It really came down to like a phone call between Biden and, and Putin. And he just said, just give me the assurance you won't make Ukraine NATO and, and I'll back off. And he said, I can't give you that assurance. And then that within that week, they... Russia invaded Ukraine. And, yeah. and, and a lot of people don't know that there was actually an agreement already made to a peace agreement that was already made that Boris Yeltsin came in and screwed up because the globalists wanted a war. And if you remember back, the 16 year plan was to incite a war with Russia. You know, that 16 year plan that Hillary Clinton was supposed to win and she was supposed to bring about a war with Russia. And, you know, and so they're still moving forward with the elements of their plan, even though some drawbacks happened. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, um, well, I was going to say one thing about, about yeah. Tucker, too. Uh, Tucker is he, he Tucker is a truth teller who is toppling the deep state narrative. He has got he is interviewing all kinds of people that are full on truth tellers that don't even care about whether whether it helps them in their polls. This guy, Vivek Ranswamy. He's like, listen, I'm going to tell the truth, even if it's not convenient. And if I don't win the presidency because of it, then fine. But at least I'm going to tell the truth because the American people need to hear the truth. And they need to be. So uh, he's he's amazing. So you've got I, I want to encourage people to go on t Tucker on Twitter. Watch him interview Vivek. Watch him interview um, RFK. Watch him interview. Uh, there's another one down here where he interviews um, the police chief from J6. Six, yeah, yeah. He um, Sund the uh, Stephen Sund. He, how come? And one of the things that came out is how come he was the police chief in charge of the police that day, and he was not interviewed by the J Six committee. Crazy. And he was only given one interview on on the on the news for three minutes, three or four minutes. That's all that they cared. The journalists in our in our these journalists of the mainstream media care to hear his story, but he tells an amazing story about how he, there was um, intelligence that was withheld from him. And then his number two person who was, was he was fired after that. And then his, the person who withheld the information from him was made his, his commander, but then everybody in the police, uh, the, all of the other policemen and police women said, we give no confidence to this person. And then that person, Nancy Pelosi moved that person to Berkeley as the head of chief of police in Berkeley. It's just one thing after another. So I just want to encourage people, you know, don't just listen to us. I know you're not, but get out there and listen to, to these interviews right here with Tucker Carlson and RFK and, uh, and with uh, Vivek, they'll blow your minds. Yeah, he's on fire right now. I tell you, people are watching him. He's drawn in and and that's part of waking up and people are you could you could tell that this country is is waking up. I mean, you know, we had a, a phenomenal happen with the music industry, right? Or actually it's not even the music industry. It's um just a, you know, a back backwoods um guy that uh 
was a nobody just a couple weeks ago, uh, uh, Oliver Anthony. And I think guy from the, that if you've got that loaded up. Um, yeah, it's a guy from the country actually singing country music, right? Yeah. So we'll just, uh, you know, it was good. I'm glad you guys uh, came on tonight and uh, listened and uh, we had a good time. We're going to close with this song. And so we'll just go with that. Yeah. Chris, have you any final words before we close the song? No, I love it when a small town guy makes it big. Yeah. Yeah. This is the a number one song. Number one song in America. And it and what's happened is this one came right after Jason Aldean's number one song in the small town. Uh, try that in a small town. That was number one song in America. This is number one song in America. And watch how Americans all over the world resonate with this song. I've been my soul working all day. Overtime hours for bullshit pay so I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to. People like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is living in the new world. With an old soul, I can rock the rich men know the rich men, Lord knows they all just wanna have total control. Wanna know what you think, wanna know what you do, and they don't think you know, but I know that you do. Cause your dollar ain't shit, oh. and it's taxed to no end. Okay, the rich men. This is true. Hello, buddy. Some of us can't say what we absolutely know is true, and he's articulating. I wish politicians look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, <laughs> we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the whole beast milking welfare. God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge round. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground. Cause all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Ah, Lord, it's a damn shame. What the world's gotten to for people like me. What? People like you. Yeah. Wish I could just wake up. Can it not be true, but it is, all it is, living in the new world, with an old soul. These rich men know the rich men, Lord knows they all just want to have total control. Want to know what you think, want to know what you do, and they don't think you know. But I know that you do, cause your dollar ain't shit. It ain't. It's taxed to no end, cause the rich men know the rich men. I've been selling my soul. Working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. Damn. Damn. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Oliver, Oliver, uh, Oliver, Anthony, Oliver, Anthony. Richmond, north of Richmond. Wow, pretty amazing. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Anyway, good night, and uh, thanks for coming and listening. And uh, tell your friends, like, support uh, this channel. We could uh, definitely uh, we'd appreciate it. You could use it. Thanks. Yep. See you. See it.